Hello, everyone. This is Shannon Morgan, and you are listening to episode 15 of Sound Mind, a place to openly discuss the struggles in our minds, including mental health, trauma, addiction, and more. I am not a counselor, and this podcast is not meant to replace professional therapy, more like somewhere you can go to find connection and learn how other people's experiences can aid in your own journey. Speaking of which, I work in the field of behavioral health as a peer and youth support specialist. Working with both adults and children, I share my lived experience with mental illness, trauma, and addiction in order to connect with clients and help them see that they are not alone. Helping them to share their own story, set goals, build hope, and live more self-directed, purpose-filled lives which is the spirit I'm bringing to this podcast. The website for Sound Mind is soundmindpodcast.com. There you will find social networks, learn more about guests, and where you can leave a comment or send me an email. And I would love to hear from you, especially if you'd like to be a guest on the show or you have a reaction to an episode. Now, on to today's guest. He's pranked the living with the dead. He's finished every pub call he's ever been on. And he has two sisters who are so weird you would not know they were related. A former volunteer and paid structural firefighter by night, Tim Conrad has worked in emergency operation roles for some of Canada's largest disasters, including wildfires, floods, and hurricanes. Tim runs Butterfly Effect Communications, leading projects from public relations campaigns to public participation processes. He recently discovered that he has post-traumatic stress disorder from an incident 17 years ago, with other trauma layered on top over several years. Coincidentally, Tim has been a vocal advocate for mental health and emergency services and public relations for several years. And with that, let's meet Tim. Hello. Hello. Hi, you're there. Good. I am. How are you? Too bad. How are you? I am doing pretty good. It is good. a little tired, but I'm powering through it. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Thanks for yeah. making time to do the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate uh, the chance to do it. So Awesome. Let's jump right in, shall we? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so in your survey, you describe yourself as a boring person who becomes the life of the party, and I have to know more about that. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I I'm uh, I do spend a lot of time talking about really boring things and admiring really boring things like the news and things like that. But uh, when it comes time to party, um, it's uh, been known to have a bit of a crowd around me and want to go the full mile. So uh, awesome! <laughs> it's, My uh, kind of guy. Am- yeah, I'm I'm from Nova Scotia originally, so we're we're known for uh, having a good time when it is allowed. <laughs> Sweet. Well, can you tell me more about your background? Sure. So I um, uh, I've always been a public relations professional um, by day, and then um, by night I've been uh, a firefighter. Uh, first as a volunteer, and then uh, as a uh, paid uh, member, uh, and. Uh, yeah, so it's it's always been an interesting mix, and then I was able to meld the two worlds together uh, quite nicely. Um, worked on some uh, for my first disaster in, in a volunteer fire department that I was in, um, and uh, from there I I was able to expand uh, into working disasters more regularly, um, and I've worked uh, all across Canada on uh, some of the largest disasters we've seen in this country, and uh, yeah, it's been kind of neat uh, neat way how the two worlds have intermingled, um, but it has provided some challenges as well. Can you tell me about those challenges? Yeah, uh, so I guess uh, that it goes back to, um, uh, as a firefighter, 
um, I responded uh, to, to uh, a call, uh, one particular call that, that seems to have stuck with me. Um, and uh, it's uh, it left me with PTSD that was actually just recently diagnosed here in the last few months. And um, what's happened as well is because of uh, the firefighting um, uh, life incidents that have happened, things I've, I've you know, just come across uh, going about life and, and then um, the disaster work that I've done. Um, it's, it's layered up the PTSD um, quite interesting <laughs> in, in interesting ways. And, it, and, it, and so I have this um, really a, a, a kind of a complex little mix of, of uh, triggers and 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 different things I need to work on to uh, work myself through what I am experiencing uh, now and 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 understand now finally after all these years. Yeah, because you were just recently diagnosed, but this is something that you've been living with for a long time. Is that right? Yeah, it is, and and I kind of uh, you know sort of figured that there was a little something there, and I didn't know. Um, but it's an interesting thing when you're living with uh, th- this sort of uh, diagnosis. You, you don't realize some of the things that you're you're uh, living and doing on a daily basis or or on a you know regular basis, and and how it sort of complicates your life in some ways, and and makes you a, a more complex person that, that uh, um, it takes uh, sitting down with a professional to sort of figure out. Are you able to describe um, what, that, what that looks like in, in your everyday life? Like what is uh, a trigger and, and what, what does that show up like in your body and, and your behavior? Yeah, so um, earlier time, um, I, I would experience um, uh, nightmares and and. Um, have flashbacks uh, mostly while I was sleeping. Um, there was other times uh, as well during the you know awake time that I would uh, react differently to certain situations uh, that I didn't realize were triggers and mm-hmm. um, would therefore my body. Uh, what I would often experience is, is I would go really back to that incident and and the particular that incident was on a very very hot and humid night. Um, and so my body instantly goes to that temperature, and whether it's, I'm standing out in the middle of the Canadian winter or, or um, um, you know, in a hot day. Um, so um, I can feel my my heart rate rising, um, and and often later on, I'll you know, as part of that day, uh, it will work out to be digestive issues for me too. And of course, I get a whopper of a headache uh, to go with it uh, at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then the other side is, is like um, I I have other triggers that I react and and get very frustrated, um, uh, angry, tense, those sorts of things. And so that's been um, the great challenge for my family to experience and uh, wonder why I, uh, you know, kind of freaked out over something that they see as relatively small. That was my next question is how, how your family, like, were they aware that you had post-traumatic stress or suspected at all? Like when you got the diagnosis, was it like, ah, oh, now it makes sense? Or Yeah, it, it took a little while to piece it together. But my wife uh, in particular, uh, she's been a, a, an adult for the whole, the whole thing, of course. And so she um, could trace back and, and it's, it, it was just how it changed over time that she didn't recognize um, what it was and, and how it developed. Uh, so that was uh, the 
uh, difficult thing for her to wrap her head around and how she um, saw it evolve um, was very different than from the early days to the middle and into more current time now. Mm -hmm. So what areas of your life have been most impacted by your post-traumatic stress disorder? Well, I think mostly um, personal life. Um, there's a lot of things in my personal life that um, I became a wonderful procrastinator um, of really epic proportions on a lot of different things in life. So it's it's resulted in, in me being slow, doing all sorts of things that are important. Um, and uh, I've, you know, forgotten about birthdays and anniversaries and things like that, which uh, hasn't gone over so well for me. <laughs> I can imagine. And, uh, and so, you know, like there's, there's all of that. And then same thing in professional, um, some similarities, not as impactful so far. I'm really trying to trace back um, what has happened in my professional life. Um, but there's certainly some instances where um, I reduce the seriousness of something um, mm -hmm. because it, I put it in perspective of, of my life experiences and don't understand that maybe that is a little bit more serious uh, in perspective of, of what's going on at that moment. Oh, that makes sense. So for the person that's experiencing it, for them, it's as traumatic to, as your experience, but for you, you're way up here looking down. Yeah. I exactly that, and I, I, you know, I've, I've always, always been um, one of those people that, that even in emergency operations, when working in, in pretty high-level disasters, I'm, I'm a very, very calm person, and I've had it comment uh, from uh, bosses in the past that's like they, they didn't realize how uh, serious something was because I was so calm, and mm -hmm. so when even smaller incidents that think something's bad and they want to, you know they should be brought into it. I sometimes haven't because I just don't see it as, as, as serious as it is. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And you've been seeing a counselor, is that right? Yes, I, I, uh, I've been seeing a counselor for, um, uh, I guess, about seven months now. Oh, great. How's that going? Uh, pretty good. And uh, it's uh, I just actually had a, a meeting with him today and uh, really pleased. Uh, he was really pleased with the, the progress, especially over the last month, because we've been working towards, um, you know, achieving some different goals and, and um, putting some things in place in my life that will help me uh, to function better. And uh, yeah, I had a good, good recent month, which is great. Um, it's been a, you know, it's been a lot of uh, it's gone a lot of weird places. It's not, I've never gone to a counselor before. Um, mm -hmm. And so this was a, a new experience for me. And I, I, yeah, it took me a while to, to kind of get used to what was going on. And of course, just when you're diagnosed with PTSD, you have to, it takes a while just to process that and, and understand that. And so there's been a lot of reading and, and trying to, I guess, understand the new me. Mm hmm can you give us a, a snapshot of what it's like to work with a therapist or what tools are they teaching you? Are they using a certain modality of, of therapy or is it just general counseling? Yeah, so they, um, I've been um, using a, a, the PTSD workbook um, and going through that workbook. Um, I will be using another book uh, for self-compassion um, once I'm through a few more chapters. And um, they... Uh, 
the other side of it uh, is uh, we, we met uh, quite regularly at the start. So uh, we're meeting, I think, every two weeks uh, to 10, 10 day sort of period. Um, now we're stretched out to about a month. Um, it has been a, a really uh, a positive experience. I, I went into it uh, kind of blind. I didn't know. I just wanted to talk through some things um, and things I was experiencing and and just how I was feeling. And uh, it, it was um, a really good uh, relationship off the start, which was great. And, and it's been um, a really a decent progress. I've been pleased with it, but it has been, there's been rough times too, you know, in trying to figure out, um, you know, who, uh, who I am um, at the moment and, and, who I used to be and who I will become. Yeah. <laughs> um, it really is. It's kind of a, I say it's a really weird thing. It's a really weird experience to be honest, but it's a cool experience. I, 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 I can't recommend it enough. You know, it's just been such a, I don't, I, I really regret not doing it earlier in life. No, do you get to see your counselor in person or are you doing over the phone because of COVID? Yeah, of course, because uh, of COVID, uh, we're actually over Zoom. So um, we've done one one meeting by phone, but the, all the other meetings have been by Zoom. I um, I've been wanting to go back to counseling, but I'm kind of on the fence because of the phone thing. I'm on the phone all day with my clients, so it's like, ah, oh, do I really want to spend? more time on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and as, as you can imagine, I spend a fair bit of time on the phone myself. So yeah, it yeah. wasn't the best. But at the same time, I, I looked at it and I said, you know, uh, I've, I've put it off for all sorts of different reasons over the years. And it's time now. And I'm going to put the effort in. And, and it, honestly, it's been a really positive um, and it, it just a, such a good experience. And I still have not not met him in person. So gives you an idea of the relationship we've had well you're inspiring me and maybe i'll take the take the leap <laughs> yeah absolutely so what's been your biggest hurdle in your recovery so far um you know i think the uh reliving all of the past um so it wasn't just a case of going back um to that incident and reliving that trauma which brought up um it, one of the toughest parts was it brought up a lot of, of detail that I had not remembered. Um, and so some was good and some was bad. Um, and so that, that was uh, really, it was, it was really weird um, to, to, I keep saying the word weird. Like it was, it's, it's, it, it was just, it was a very different experience um, to, you know, replay something um, and it, and you go through a, a really fairly regimented process that that a counselor will sort of take you through, and when you when you kind of piece together all of it, um, it's kind of shocking that you're you both number one remember the level of detail that you had forgotten, um, and that you um, then have to understand why that you forgot those pieces and mm -hmm. um and so it and then we did that over and over and over again for different trauma that i've experienced over the years um up until current so there was a fair bet um with my past it's it's been um there's just a, a ton of different pieces that have been layered on top so we've broken all of those down and uh yeah i it, it's been 
reliving it and 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 um you know i forgot in particular one like one particular series of events that happened on that uh, and that event and it was it was such a thing like to to forget those memories and they were so positive um it was really weird and i thought man i missed out on on <laughs> on just how fortunate i was in that event to have the firefighters around me that i did and mm-hmm. so it, it was it, yeah i i kind of regret not having uh, done it earlier so that i could really appreciate that that teamwork that we had more. Oh, that's a good perspective. Uh, what tools have you used to maintain your mental health? Uh, so, yeah, like um, I, I sort of very loosely picked up playing guitar over the years. And so um, I took a more serious interest in that uh, this year and uh, have really um, enjoyed it a lot more. And I've actually gotten to a point that I can strum along a little bit and, and play and, mm-hmm. and not sound so horrible. Um, and it's been a, a very relaxing thing for me. Um, it, being outdoors has been huge. Uh, kayaking uh, and canoeing, mountain biking, just going for hikes or walks, uh, sitting around. Uh, we live right by a, a beautiful river, so spend time down there and, and watching the wildlife. And yeah, so th- those have been really big things. And then just, um, you know, g- getting to spend more time with family that's a higher quality is, is really been awesome, too. That's great. Uh, what things have people done that have helped you in your journey? Well, I think um, um, my wife has been really good and, and supportive of the, me going through this. Um, it's been uh, something that I have to turn around and support her to help her understand more so um she is able to to review what i write and things in my ptsd workbook so that she understands and i've been telling her you know those sorts of things um my kids have not been as heavily involved Um, they're in their teens so um, and of course, we're going through this wild time of a pandemic. We we did have a, a pretty good lockdown in our area f- back in um, the spring. So uh, we've focused a lot of time on them, and I didn't want to layer layer this on top of them. But they are they have been um, aware of it and understanding of what it means. Um, so that has been wonderful. And then some of my p- public relations colleagues have been incredible. Um, and, and some of them have experienced their, their own trauma. So they have been a, a, just an absolute wonderful group to lean on and, and help be there to walk through it. That's great. So uh, do you have any advice uh, that you would give someone who's just beginning their journey in their recovery? I think the biggest thing is, is, is see a professional. Um, don't be afraid. Um, I I wouldn't say I was afraid, but there was probably times that I would have said that. Um, but in recent years, it was it was more of an excuse of I don't have time. I don't like I can't put it into my work schedule or whatever. And it it the result is is that the illness takes over you, and it it is more in control of you after a while than than you are in control of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really think that that's, you know, I don't let the illness take your life. 
um, it shall not have control of your life and you can get professional help and, and that will help you on that journey and you will feel so much better. It's a, yes, you may have a tough road in between, but when you come out the other side, you're going to be one powerful human being. Um, and I think that's uh, one biggie. The other thing that I've, I've found too is, is uh, workplaces and, uh, and we in general as people don't recognize mental health very well. Um, and I know this has been said that if mm-hmm. somebody has a broken arm, it's really obvious. But we need to be better at recognizing mental health challenges that people are having and, and helping to guide them in getting help for those those challenges that they're having. So um, being that support for them is, is going to be key. And we have to figure out how, because like, it's not in place in a lot of, a lot of workplaces. Um, I have seen employees now uh, that I look back on and I go, Oh my gosh, that employee experienced trauma. And the result was they didn't perform as well at their job. And then they were put into a corner and expected to do their job on a regular basis, plus meet all of these standards in order to keep their job on top of it. So it just made it worse for them. And of course they failed and, and were terminated. And, and when I look back, it's like, Oh my, you know, like that, that person just needed help. They didn't Mm -hmm. need somebody to paint them into a corner and, you know, take their job away from them. And, And that made it worse. So recognize when there's, when there is a shift in somebody um, in your workplace, maybe there's something that underlying there that, that might need to look. And, and we as, as employers and, uh, need to come up with better ways of recognizing it. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, Tim, thank you so much for coming on the show. That's all I got for you. See, I was totally boring the whole time. No, you're uh, excellent. So I have to say something fun at the end. And that's okay. that if you, feel bad for me. If anybody feels or they feel close to me, um, please send cookies. Cookies. All right. Me too. I want some cookies. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) likes cookies, but they should only come to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll fight (laughs) you. Well, thank you for your time. You have a good evening. Yes, you too. Thank you. Uh Bye. 